Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. some basketball what's going on everybody welcome to the awesome nba strategy show presented by no house advantage i am dave lochran on the twitter machine at lafay underscore d l-o-u-g-h-y underscore d joined by josh engelman at josh engelman well josh i must say one benefit to covid protocols is it took us from 13 games to 10 and we'll be out of here by at least noon yeah, really weird. Uh, we we're, we lost a couple games, and then they created a new game because we lost one for weather. It's a really weird scenario, but uh, 10 is perfect. Uh, this is exactly what I was hoping for. Well, this whole Texas thing is wild, right? It's like yeah, it, the, the windmills froze, and now uh, my wife, had, her best friend is in, is in Texas, in Houston, and she said, I think it's Houston, she said that they're doing like 45 minutes on, 45 minutes off. The grid can't handle it and doing rolling blackouts and stuff. It's, yeah, feels like some third world country shit, to be honest with you. Yeah. And on my end, it was like 60 and sunny yesterday and life was awesome. Well, you know what I like about you? You're everything. You just, you have a strong sense of empathy for people. It'll melt eventually. What, what do you want me to do here? It is crazy. It's like negative. The other day, I was looking at northern Texas is negative 20 degrees. <laughs> no. no, I'm good, man. I'm good. We're getting another five to eight inches of snow here. Just as it's like a little bit began to melt, we're going to get hammered again. I've had enough of this. I'm done. I'm trying to move the, to Florida. I saw the picture that Alex posted on Twitter where like it was. it looked like he had like 27 feet of snow in his backyard. That looked ridiculous. I hate snow, man. Yeah, good thing we work from home, right? Yeah, I haven't left my house in weeks. <laughs> anyway, we're happy to have all of you guys with us. Thanks for joining, as always. Smash that thumbs up button and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so yet. If you like the content, you like what we do here, and you want to help support us, that is very much the simplest and most appreciated way to do so. All right, you want to dive into this? Yeah, I don't think we have much of a choice. Yeah, I don't think so either. New York and Orlando, the New York Knicks on the road, four and a half point dogs, 209 and a half total. I mean, you're talking about uh, a pretty heinous game here on several fronts. Now, 
Cole Anthony is out for a while. We, we've got a, we, we, there's been a lot of injuries that, that have taken a toll on this Orlando team, but I think we have to start on the other side first with the road team, looking at the New York Knicks, playing at the slowest pace in the league, 96 possessions per 48, Josh, absolutely outrageous. Orlando Magic play at a bottom 10 pace. So this is going to be a slow game. It's very hard to imagine anyway, this game sees a ton of scoring tonight. It's, it's really just a disgusting fantasy game. Um, the Knicks are slow. They don't have a good offense either. So that's like a double whammy. They don't really push the pace or do anything well offensively. So it's, to me, this is Julius Randle and very little else. I don't mind getting to Nerlens Noel on FanDuel just because of his position and his role now. But Randle's at 17% ownership on FanDuel. The next highest number on either FanDuel or DraftKings is Noel at 8% on DK. I think that you can get to a little bit of Noel and Barrett on FanDuel. I think that Julius Randle is slightly over-owned for this matchup, and I would really rather just not have anything from New York. I think they are probably the worst team on the slate, or at least in the package of worst teams in the slate. It's a terrible DFS game. I can't really recommend anything else. Like, just avoid it. Yeah, um, I don't disagree at all. By the way, I think we need to back up for a second and just quickly touch on a couple of things that transpired last night. Someone said we need Laffy's story. Jordan, I hope we didn't have the mic on while I was telling the story. (laughs) No, the story from yesterday about the chip that you refused to tell. Okay, soon enough. Soon enough, we'll get there. You know, I bet the the Phoenix Suns, I laid three points on the Suns. They're up 24 points going into the second half. I'm like, all right, we're smooth sailing. DraftKings is offering a very nice cash-out option. And I said, why would I do that, right? They end up losing outright, outright to the Brooklyn Nets without Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Man, that pissed me off. But I think what pissed a lot of other people off would be Michael Porter Jr. with one of the most heinous performances we've seen all season. If you would have asked me what the odds were that he would play, like pretty reasonable minutes. I mean, you can't really complain too much. He underperformed for sure. But even if I told you told me 24 minutes, I'd expect him to score a point. <laughs> he didn't have an actual... <laughs> point in the game that is insane to me uh what will be really fun is immediately doing the exact same thing again because he's the same price on FanDuel tonight oh yep I know second of a back-to-back on the road we'll talk about that uh and hey Dalla Dame Josh some may call him Dame Dalla but you know it's up to interpretation monster fourth quarter no team loses and I, I mentioned this on Twitter no team loses in as impressive a fashion as the Oklahoma City Thunder. They take the Lakers to back-to-back overtimes. They drop both of those games. And then they're down by, this is, this is amazing. They're down by 24 points in the second half. Down by 24. They go on a run in the fourth quarter. 24 to three, okay? 24, or sorry, 22 to three run. And they go up by five with like five minutes left. Thinking, all right, we got ourselves a game. They somehow managed to lose by 11, give up an 18-2 to two run to the Portland Trailblazers, namely Damian Lillard, and lose the game by double digits. How do you do that? Uh, you have a lot of guys on the team that shouldn't be playing NBA minutes, uh, guys that don't haven't played a clutch minute in years. It's tough, man. It's, and obviously, Dame lives for those kind of situations. So, Oh, yeah. Uh, two factors running in into each other shout out to anthony davis by the way not uh not the brow but anthony davis in youtube chat big time super chat appreciate you man he says great night just showing the love hit that like yes hit that like button 
Yeah, Dame, just a monster performance. And, and the truth is, at this point, I get it. People like Dort, people like Diallo, people like Baisley. They think they're the, the newest up-and-comers, the upstart Oklahoma City Thunder. I believe it when I see it, Josh. I think they got, I think they got grit, but I don't know if they have enough to, to to get them anywhere. Maybe they do. Maybe they get a top pick, and and maybe SGA ends up being great. But we'll see. I mean, they have like twenty-seven first-round draft picks over the next six years. SGA is a, a key piece. Um, I think Baisley is a nice rotation piece. Dort is going to be a starter for years and years to come. They've they've got a lot of really nice building blocks. And when George Hill, SGA, when those both of those guys are healthy, like their starting five is very solid and respectable. Like Al Horford's good. I, I mean, like you want him out on the floor. He's going to organize a team pretty well. You're not going to win like the title with this Thunder team, but I'd be happy to have their future. Serious question though. What is SGA's ceiling in the NBA? Uh... I think it's lower than other people think it is. I, I think so. Like a number two on a good team as a ceiling, probably. Okay. I'm okay with that. That, that. That's reasonable. Like, he's not a number one on a team that wins you a finals, though. Like, No, not even see. close. Not even close. Okay. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at as well. Like, if he had – I think if he had Mike Conley's career, that would be an incredible success. That's a fair point. I, I thought – okay, so, yeah. Some people are just seemingly very, very high on SGA, like in, in the in the sense that he is going to be elite. And and I'm not there yet. I don't see it. Maybe he will be. We'll find out. Elite will be hard. I don't think that he has that skill set, but I think that he can be very clearly a no-brainer top option on a good team as a progression. Why does Chris Middleton have to be so bad? Uh, uh, at DFS yesterday, uh, that was not, not ideal that much. I want to say, right, Whoa, hold on. Josh's love affair with Dort is mind boggling. So it's fantastic, fantastic DFS play yesterday. And oddly enough, guys that have the ability to shoot and play incredible wing defense, crazy popular in the NBA. Who knew? And he makes like a million dollars a year. Yeah. What a love affair. I'm so crazy for that. The love affair is Adam Scher saying that he's yeah. the next Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, that, I mean, that is that is a stretch. But even being like two steps behind that is a $20 million a year NBA player. Sure. Yeah, I mean, the defense is insane. He does some voodoo magic shit when the, when, when playing on-ball defense and somehow makes it work. All right, so let, let's, let's get back into this slate. I wanted to make sure, because there were a bunch of big storylines from yesterday that you know, we would be remiss to not hit on and to yeah. kind of get the tilt out a little bit. You got you to gotta secrete that poison from the night before, Josh, sometimes. You know what I mean? You just have to get that out when you're pissed off. Certain players, certain teams did you dirty, and you know, we got we to gotta hit on that. So. Uh-oh, I'm getting called out for another former take. Josh saying Middleton is better than Jimmy Butler is not aging well. I stand by it. Do you see, I, I, I appreciate a lot of your takes. And, and here's the one thing about your takes. I'm going to give you a, a semi-compliment here. A lot of times the takes might seem egregious, but then later on down the road, you go, oh, you know what? It, he wasn't wrong. Jimmy Butler's really good. And I agree. I, 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 I'd have a tough time putting Middleton over him. But is it the craziest? Is it the craziest comparison? No. But, man, Jimmy Butler just – he's a special player. And, and I, I don't think Jimmy Butler gets the credit he deserves sometimes, to be honest with you. 
I think he is finally in the best place to make himself succeed after not being in those places previously. Um, I feel safer with Chris Middleton. I I think Chris, I think that Chris Middleton is is a much easier fit on any team. Whereas Jimmy Butler is a guy that you kind of need to build a specific way towards because he's not a shooter. All right. Last comment here, because this is just entirely unfair and you know, we go back and forth sometime, but you're still my buddy. Eric Smith says, love you, Josh, but glad I went with Alex and played Harden last night. Kyrie really Irving wasn't again? out until like 3 Eastern. Yeah. Well, are we really doing this again? Come on. You got it, guys. I- I'm happy. I will happily read off comments where you're ripping Josh, but we got to at least be fair about it. You got <laughs> I think I think Harden was my second most exposed shooting guard yesterday. Yeah, because our show was before Kyrie Irving got ruled out. Also, my projections agreed with Alex yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on, Eric Smith. Put some also, in you, baby. That's sixty not- points from Harden at eleven K is nothing special. Well, let's go ahead and see if we can avoid any MPJ disasters today. Chat yeah. tilted. All of us tilted. Brutal performance. And by the way, I, I could have told you, I did tell you, Jermichael Green, play at your own risk. That's the yeah. type of guy that he's cheap, understandably so. But the guy is just, especially in the starting lineup, just not very good. I had some Mike, I had some Jermichael Green just because he fit, but immediately regretted it, Josh. Yeah, uh, did not go well. No, not at all. All right, uh, New York and Orlando, I, you pretty much hit on it. And I pulled up ownership, Adam or Alex Awesome himself just updated it for us. You can check it out at awesome.com slash join. If you want to get in on those projections and ownership and the top stack tool and the lineup builder and the fantasy cruncher add on and all the tools that have helped people win so much money built by the number one ranked DFS player and used by the, that's the important part used every day by him as well. We don't just slap his name on him and throw him onto the site. He uses these tools to win a ton of money himself. We got weekly, monthly, annual single sport all sport everything awesome plus platinum you name it no matter the type of player you are no matter your budget we've got you covered check it out at awesome.com slash join so uh just to close out orlando and, and the knicks since we don't have a lot here the only real ownership the only player getting more than eight percent on DraftKings, and mind you it's early ownership will be in flux throughout the day is michael carter williams josh yeah uh no cole anthony no uh Look, it's really hard to talk about, about Orlando right now because Fournier is questionable. James sure. Ennis is questionable. Uh, Aminu is questionable. This team's basically random, but Michael Carter Williams is going to have to play around 30 minutes today. I think that he is the proper chalk, maybe a little bit overowned on FanDuel. If you want to play any Vooch, that's totally reasonable. He's the only other person that has a real pulse. If Fournier is in, this team's probably going to look a little bit worse. Um, but M- MCW is the only guy that you could look at right now sort of no matter what happens with news and he'll be interesting from Orlando, but this game is awful from a DFS perspective. It's really not it's good. Actually, it's awful from a real NBA perspective. Who the hell wants to watch Nick's magic? Yeah, I certainly don't. I will say this much though, right? I mean, let me throw one out there at you and, and I want to pull it up now. Cause I had the numbers and I lost them. Uh, Terrence Ross, when you talk about just entirely throwing caution to the wind, Terrence Ross is doing exactly that Josh. And he has a 30% usage rate in his last three games, uh, the three games without Cole Anthony and Evan Fournier. Fantasy point per minute is north of one. But the big thing here is 
he's and he actually has a 19% assist rate, which is solid for him. The thing about Terrence Ross is he's going to have some ugly games because he'll take there, there isn't a single shot he'll take that he doesn't like. But he's attempted 27, 20, and 23 shots over his last three games. He's not getting to the line, but he's attempting a ton of threes, averaging almost 10 threes per game over that span. Terrence Ross at least puts you in a position with all of those players out to play 36 to 40 minutes, which we've seen. He played 41, 33, and 36, and get up 25 shots. It is doable. Uh, and I think the volume at least puts him in play in tournaments if all those guys are out. Yeah, if Fournier plays, I don't want any of No, 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 not at all. Fournier is the linchpin for all that because everybody else that's going to be coming in isn't much of a much of a usage guy. If Fournier is in, then Ross gets totally nerfed. Yeah. If Fournier's out though, I, I get that Ross's salary has come up a little bit, but I still think there's value there just because sure. he's going to shoot a lot. And that's kind of all that matters sometimes. All right. Um, what does he got? A sixty what does he had on on FanDuel, Josh? Ross, 56. Okay, reasonable enough. Anything else from this one? No, I'd like to get away from it as fast as possible. All right, let's run to Atlanta-Boston then. The Celtics, uh, three-point favorites at home, 224.5 total. They're playing the second of a back-to-back. Looks like they finally turned a bit of a corner last night after struggling. They beat a very banged-up Denver Nuggets team. Now they're playing Atlanta. Um, pretty decent total, nothing outrageous. Let's start with the, the Hawks side of the ball. They've all been priced very accurately lately which has made it tough to get there any changes today against the seas now this is just going to be sort of business as usual for me uh i will likely have a little bit of john collins a little bit of kevin herter maybe some trey young if he continues to go just simply completely unowned and that's basically it uh it's not really an appealing matchup against boston I, I don't like all the prices for these Hawks guys are pretty much where they should be. I, I guess I like John Collins the most out of anything here, but he's also the only guy in double digits in ownership on both sites. So the public is already there. Atlanta is filler at best. And you're only really playing the guys that are going to play 28 plus minutes. Yeah. Collins on Fandle is the only Atlanta Hawks player getting any real and and I guess on DraftKings getting any ownership whatsoever around 11 12 percent but the Boston side Josh this is where things begin to get interesting they are one of the I'd say in terms of aggregate ownership I can't imagine there are many teams getting more aggregate ownership than the Celtics today Uh, on DraftKings Tatum Jalen Brown, 40 and 30% respectively. Peyton Pritchard coming in around 20. Semi Ojale around 20. This is this is a lot. Even Robert Williams cracking that uh, 10% mark. It, there is a lot here from an ownership standpoint. Yeah. So one of the big pieces is do we see Daniel Tice today? Because that's really going to have an effect. Um, by not having Tice last night, Robert Williams snuck into the optimal lineup on FanDuel. I don't know if he was there on DK. He's a good per minute guy, man. Adam and I said, if he gets 20 Five steals. What's that? He had five steals. Right, which is obviously (laughs) not something you expect to happen often whatsoever, but it feels like every time he actually gets the minutes, he figures out how to do something with them. 
Yeah, so we need to pay attention to Tice. I have him in because it's an index finger thing, so I don't, I don't know really what to make of it. But with Kemba likely out on the back-to-back, Jason Tatum becomes one of my favorite plays. He was a top-five guy uh, in the contenders, both sites. He's picking up a ton of ownership. I think that's warranted. Jalen Brown picking up a bunch of ownership. I think he's a bit over-owned, but still somebody that you should be looking at because he's 7,900 on DraftKings. That's just a too low of a price tag for this spot. Peyton Pritchard is 3,900 on FanDuel, 4,200 on DraftKings. I, I love the idea of getting to him for value with these guys out. Semi is, uh, I, I want to say over-owned, but you know, we'll see if Tice ends up being out. 19%, I don't think I need 19% semi Ojale at 3,400, but I'd be happy to have some. I do think he looks like a pretty good value play. Those are the five guys that I'd be looking at. I like Daniel Tice if he plays 4,500 on DraftKings. It's solid, yeah. The the, the semi Ojale thing is 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 weird because his price is still very very low, and you know, understandably, he hasn't played uh, all that well on a per minute basis. But he's played thirty plus minutes in three of his last four games. You you ready for this one? So over the past two weeks, I think it's two weeks since. Let me give you the date. Uh, it's more than two weeks. Over the last month, sorry. So since January eighteenth. Uh, of all players that have played north of 175 minutes. He has the lowest permanent production? He basically does. Uh, he's at 0.52 FanDuel points per minute. The only people lower than him, Isaac Okoro, Solomon Hill, KCP, Gary Clark, and PJ Tucker. Wow. So if, maybe we pump the brakes a bit. If you're in the same neighborhood as Isaac Okoro yeah. from a DFS perspective, yeah, might be time to look elsewhere. Yeah. 3,430 minutes. You're hoping he just falls into some peripherals that we say all the time. Like maybe that happens, but yeah, yeah, you're right. That, that is a little bit concerning. Do you think Jason Tatum is over-owned though? This is a lot of ownership on DraftKings. So yes, I do. Um, 40% ownership on DK, 35% on FanDuel. Those are big numbers. He ranks really high. So he is one of the top, you know, two players at his position for me but I think that the ownership is getting a little bit too extreme. So I don't get the sense that I would be able to get to 40% on DraftKings. I would be more likely to be in that 20 to 30% range. And another thing I was just, you you look at these guys on the season, right? You look at Jason Tatum, you look at uh, Jalen Brown. Tatum is a 1.27 DraftKings points per minute guy. Jalen Brown is 1.25. Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum has a 30.7% usage rate. Jalen Brown is at 31.5. So these numbers are remarkably close. The rebounding rate is one and a half percent off. Tatum leads in that category and assist rate 21 and a half percent for Tatum, 18.5% for Brown. They're so similar in what they do. I'm not saying they're the same player, but on a production standpoint, it just feels like where you could play both of them at small forward on DraftKings, taking the $800 discount on Jalen Brown just feels like it makes some sense at a pretty steep discount in ownership as well. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, so. I think the gap between Tatum and Brown is smaller than the gap that the ownership is showing. So I think exactly. that Brown is less overowned than Tatum, exactly. but I think that they are both actually slightly overowned. My gotcha. favorite play on DraftKings from Boston is Jason Tatum, but if we're ignoring all the like the aggressive ownership, it's Peyton Pritchard at 4200. Let's talk about it. Yeah, uh, I, I think he steps into, you know, 29 minutes or more as the point guard for the Celtics with Kemba Walker out. Uh, he's definitely going to have lower rates with having to share the floor as much with uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. But, I mean, I have him as like a .85 fantasy point per minute guy at 29 minutes, potentially more minutes if if you need them, if this game stays close. It works as a value play for me for 4200 Yeah, sounds about right to me. And if you take Kemba off the floor on the season, Pritchard per minute is at 0.78, which isn't great, but you're not going to necessarily need that. We've seen him piece together some solid games in that situation. I will say, though, Tatum 1.36 fantasy points per minute without Kemba, 1.27 for Jalen Brown. So if you're looking for a discrepancy or a reason to justify going Jalen Jason Tatum over Jalen Brown, there's that identical usage, though, so... Uh, I, I like Jalen Brown a little bit more than Tatum, but both players in this game with Kemba off against the Atlanta Hawks, really solid. Anything else on Boston? Uh, just keep your eye on the news for Daniel Tice. I think that's the biggest piece because I I don't mind getting to him on DraftKings if he's available. All right, so the Sixers are 11-point favorites against the Houston Rockets. Yeah. You ask why? Well, first of all, this Houston Rockets team stinks. Second of all, they're dealing with myriad injuries. They're already down Christian Wood, uh, and – now you've, they're looking at Oladipo is doubtful to play. Eric Gordon is doubtful to play. P.J. Tucker, not a great fantasy guy, but he's also someone that is at least uh, instrumental defensively in making this team a little bit better than the bad team that they are is questionable for this one. They're decimated right now, and they got to play in Philly against the Sixers team that just lost three road games in a row, very much looking to get back on track, and they have a great opportunity to do so today. What are your thoughts on Houston and you know, let me say this one thing. While the Philadelphia 76ers defense is good, they have the same issues they've had before where ball handling guards, they give up a lot of Devin Booker towards them. Uh, Jordan Clarkson just put on a ridiculous show against them just two days ago. They, they continue to give up pretty big games to, to guards. And I think John Wall can do the same. Yeah. It's interesting. So PJ Tucker's health is, massive here because if tucker ends up out then you're gonna have to play more cousins more nawaba more tate more house more sterling brown like all of these guys are gonna look better but for now just assuming that he's in i still love getting to houston these guys are getting no ownership on fanduel so i'm in for all of those guys hoping that i could hit the right sort of combination but let's start with wall he's the most owned guy on DraftKings, 24 percent I basically agree with that ownership. He's 7,800. Uh, he's going to literally do whatever he wants. He will control the ball the entire time that he's on the floor, which is 34 minutes or more if it stays competitive. I, I can't really avoid him. He's like a 1.3 fantasy point per minute guy when all these guys are off the floor. You have to go there. 
The one difference that we might see for Philly is that while I, I know that, you know, these heavy ball handling guards do chop them up, maybe it's not as bad when there's no other talent on the floor. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, because at least with Houston, they have the ability to space and get some three-point shooters, whether it's even Ingles or, or Bogdanovich, right, or, yeah. or, or Donovan Mitchell, because Clarkson, it was Clarkson, not Mitchell, yeah. that had that monster game against them. You, you're 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 not wrong in saying that. Look, there's still a above-average defense. There's no doubt about that. But like, do you just put same, Ben Simmons on John Wall, man? Right. But you just in let the same, Sterling Brown beat you. In the in the same breath, though, usage and opportunity here is just so important. Yeah. And if the game blows out, John Wall's probably playing 28 minutes, and and that sucks. And and then you know we're disappointed that we rostered him. But I said to, to Adam on the deeper dive the other day that. Wall's numbers recently have not been good. Like he had eclipsed 40 fantasy points once in the last month, but everything else, all of the underlying numbers and, and, and his usage and his assist rate, everything suggested that he should be a lot better than he's been. 35% usage rate in 111 minutes without Gordon Wood and Victor Oladipo. And I think you mentioned 1.33 fantasy points. I have him in this case at 1.17, but still somebody that, the, with playing alongside Sterling Brown and David Nwaba and Jay Sean Tate, he's going to need to do everything he can. And maybe it won't be enough, but if it is, you're getting 50 plus from him. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I like wall quite a bit, both sites. Uh, I like David Nwaba on DraftKings. He's picking up a lot of ownership, 4,300 played monster minutes. The last time out, it's going to play North of 30 again today. Not a great per minute guy, but just a volume play. P.J. Tucker at 3,300, he plays like kind of got to look at him at 3,300. Uh, it's not going to be fun, but it's a viable value. Jay Sean Tate, you have to keep an eye on. Uh, I have him in the optimal lineup 9% of the time. He's at 2% ownership. The good news is it's not just jam DeMarcus Cousins into your lineup season any longer, which means he's probably going to smash somehow. Oh, yeah, he's going to because that's what he does when everyone completely gives up on him. Yeah, it, but it, he doesn't look good today. No, he doesn't. I'm with you. His price actually came up. You got Joel Embiid. That Demarcus Cousins still has a bit of a temper. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if if he gets uh, and and you don't base plays on this, but would you be shocked if Demarcus Cousins gets a little bit upset because Joel Embiid draws fouls against literally anybody? So, you know, something to consider for sure. But uh, what was I going to say about this? Oh, about Houston. From the other game, you look at the rotation. They played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players. It was Wallhouse, Nwaba, Cousins, and Jay Sean Tate starting. Yep. Mason Jones got about 13 minutes. Macklemore got 20 minutes off the bench. Sterling Brown played 25 minutes, played the finals like 16 minutes of this game. They were down by 18 in the fourth quarter. So they don't have a lot of bodies. Nope. The, the starters played 35, 35, 41, and then Cousins played 20 and 40 <laughs> minutes for Jay Sean Tate. So take solace in knowing if this game stays even remotely close and you roster one of these starters, you could get legitimately up to 40 minutes from them. Absolutely. And again, if Tucker is out, they have eight guys. Exactly. These guys are going to play a an absolute ton. And I would expect Mason Jones to basically only play the backup point guard minutes. Oh, you're right. So, because they waved Ray Spaulding and he played last game. Good call. Yeah. Yeah. I think he tore his Achilles and they were like, later, bro. Is, yo, how cutthroat is professional sports? 
I mean, they had just signed him too. I don't feel too bad. It's not like it, like he doesn't have to pay for it, so it's no, not no, so no. bad. It's just you funny know? now he's now he's laid up, can't do anything. <laughs> like all right, sorry, pal. Houston's a weird team though today, Josh, just because of the double digit spread, but yeah. very very uh, limited bodies, especially if Tucker sits. Outside of Wall and Nawaba on DraftKings, where I think that they are properly owned and should be looked at pretty aggressively. I think the rest of this team is pretty sizably under-owned. I don't have much confidence in figuring out who is going to be the like the guys you want to get to, but they're not picking up the ownership that they should. Like I have Cousins at 6%, Nawaba at 7 Jayshon Tate at 9 House at 8 Tucker at 7 Sterling Brown at 7 Those are all the odds of being in the optimal lineup. They're all at like 1% or 2% ownership. So there are the flyers you're looking for on a 10-game slate, but it's – tough to be really confident sure you know i've always tilted over the fact that when ben simmons has good games it's frustrating because you know that he's capable of doing that but he just yeah just sometimes has no interest in doing so well last game and i think it was was your point right uh, about the fact that joel Embiid isn't wasn't there isn't enough of an excuse to not do that when he is there especially because Joel Embiid actually has pretty solid range and is one of the best mid-range shooters in the entire league right now. Ben Simmons, 15 for 26. He had 42 points, a career high. Prior to that, it was 34 points. Came one rebound shy of a double, a triple-double. If you watch any of that game, it looked effortless, Josh. He had 75 fantasy points. This is what he's capable of doing. But I just can't go back. Tell me why I'm wrong here or tell me why I'm right. I just can't go back to him at a 9K plus price point because I don't know when he is going to decide to turn the lights off and go back into hibernation. Yeah, I would I, I would have like 5% Ben Simmons. I'm fine I don't with that because maybe that he goes off, sure. Yeah, it's it, it wasn't like a – like the biggest difference in him in that game uh, two nights ago wasn't like – anything to do with Embiid being on on or off the floor it was mentality exactly I would never I would never like really ever say that about anybody else but he was very clearly playing in a completely different style than he normally does he was playing with the aggression that Russell Westbrook normally plays with only now he's six nine or whatever the hell height he's just much better than 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 Russell Westbrook he's Russell you know he, he kind of is just tall Russell Westbrook in that the only difference between the two, and it's crazy to think about, is that Ben Simmons just simply chooses not to shoot three-pointers, while Russ will jack them up at a 28% rate. I don't really know which one of those two things is actually better, but if he played with that same aggression, we would look at him completely differently. It really makes for a diff- an extremely, extremely difficult player to, to evaluate. It really does. I mean, he's eighth in the league in rebounds. He's averaging 8.3, or sorry, eighth in the league in assists. He's averaging over eight assists and eight rebounds. Imagine if his usage was even 25%. Yeah. Uh, it's like, what, what is to stop him from being one step below Russell Westbrook from an offensive standpoint while also being an all-defense level defender? I mean, he could be a top 10 player in the NBA if he played with that sort of aggression on a night-to-night basis. I know. And, and Jordan, I wish I could screen share this with us. I, I give this to you to look at. Here, hold on. His, and we'll move on, guys. But this is this is kind of important because there are such huge favorites today. And, you know, if you look at this shot chart, Josh, on NBA.com stats, 
Yeah. He just gunned. Almost every single shot was inside the paint. There was there were two shots that were outside of the paint, and they were at the elbow, about six inches away from the paint. He that's all he needs to do. Yes. Yeah. That's all he needs to do. I think you need to shoot the three when you are wide open and be ready to deal with the consequences. But I don't care if he ever shoots threes. I don't. If you're open in the corner, you got to take that damn shot. Yep. Bar none, everybody in the league needs to take that shot. Otherwise, I don't really care. We've seen guys be awful three-point shooters with that same sort of skill set. I don't I don't mind if he doesn't want to shoot. Do you have interest in him today with Joel Embiid back would be the question. Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> there you go. There you go. What about Joel Embiid returning from that one-game absence, 10,800 against Houston? Yeah, so I like him a lot more on FanDuel at 10-7. Uh, I think he's kind of hard to get to at 10-8 just because Jokic is on this slate and he's just going to naturally project a bit better. Uh, the problem here is that he should decimate the Rockets because it's certainly not Boogie slowing him down. And once Boogie gets off the floor, they don't have another body that is even remotely close. I mean, how much taller is Joel Embiid than P.J. Tucker? Oh, dude. Was... Se- seven Five inches? inches? Six inches? Yeah. <laughs> He could, like, he should be able to do literally everything that he wants to do if he's out there. Um, so that part kind of scares me, but I can't prioritize him ahead of Nikola Jokic today. Yeah, I don't blame you, uh, especially with all those injuries to Denver, too. I don't know if we have Millsap news yet. I thought last time I saw We don't was, yet. Yeah, we won't have any news on any of those guys probably till closer to lock. Maybe we get it at one thirty for the injury report, but because they're on uh, the back-to-back, they won't have a shoot-around today, and they're not a part of the injury report from last night. Right. There's just no ownership going to Philly right now on DraftKings. On FanDuel, Seth Curry, you know, Danny Green, Tobias Harris getting a little bit. These guys are just wholly unappealing to me on most nights, though, Josh, because you're so dependent on them knocking down the large majority of their three-point shots. And with Jan- with Danny Green, he could go games without attempting more than three three-point field goals whatsoever. With Danny Green, I understand that he's cheap, but on a 10-game slate, is his ceiling game really good? And I mean ceiling game when everyone's healthy of like 23 fantasy points. Is that really going to get you there anyway? There just seems like way too much downside compared to the upside for a guy like Danny Green. Yeah, I'm not all that interested in Philly on DraftKings outside of Seth Curry at 4,600. I think that he makes for an okay value option. On FanDuel, though, I like Philly a lot. I have Embiid twice as likely to be in the optimal as his ownership is showing. Tobias Harris in the optimal around 10% of the time. That's where his ownership is. Seth Curry, 21% of the time. He's only 4K on FanDuel. He's already picking up 22% ownership. And then Danny Green is the flat minimum on FanDuel, picking up 14% ownership. I had him in the optimal about 12% of the time. I expect his value to come down as we get more news throughout the day, but I think these guys look a little bit different on FanDuel than they do on DraftKings. I'm I'm a lot more interested in FanDuel. All right. Um, Michael Talley says, won 10K on the FanDuel Monster last night. Thanks, guys. Awesome, man. Love to hear that. I got tagged today. Uh, They stopped by in my uh, my process show at 630, which you could watch Monday through Friday uh, every every single weekday. Uh, The people that won uh, 100K in the shot on FanDuel last night are watchers of our product. They didn't have our avatar, but they tagged us on Twitter as well. Uh, Picked up 100K. It was a dude and his buddy split 150 entries, and they're chopping 100 grand. Love it. Love it. Sounds familiar. (laughs) 
All right. Let's talk about Indy and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Can you elaborate? <laughs> no, I don't actually. Uh, Indiana. He's a man. He's a man that's a husband of a wife. <laughs> Indiana, six point favorites, 226 total. Uh, Minnesota on the second of a back to back. So I, I laid seven and a half on the Lakers last night, right? And I'm thinking, I, I told you, I was like, they have struggled without Davis, but this is a game where I think they pull away with it and we're good. Okay. Sometimes you got to go with, you know, so it's tied at halftime. I'm thinking, oh my God, they, they just let bad teams hang around and they ended up pulling away. They won by eight. So won by the hook, but Minnesota, I think Josh, I think Minnesota actually keeps this game competitive today against the Indiana Pacers. The Pacers have just not been a very good basketball team lately. I mean, I think they keep it competitive. I'm willing to say I think they keep it competitive because I think that the percentage of time that they do that is like normally just higher than 50%. But man, they stink. They're not good at all. No. Pacers aren't great either. Do we expect Cat uh, to play on the second end of this back-to-back? I haven't seen anything, so I'm assuming he will. But I assume so because he's not nursing an injury. He's basically like trying to get into physical shape. Well, he can't breathe. Yeah. So, but, I, I mean, it, if, if you can't breathe, then you just shouldn't be playing. <laughs> I would expect him to play because I would think that they just want to get his conditioning up. Yeah. He used to be like an Iron Man. It's crazy. Like he didn't, he had like the longest streak in the league of consecutive games up until that crazy? Uh, a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't miss anything his first couple of seasons. That's why, that's why I always say uh, injury proneness is bullshit because you could have a guy that gets injured five times in his first three seasons and then just never suffers a serious injury again. Or you could have someone that plays five straight seasons without an injury and then suffers a season ending, ending Achilles or something. You know? Or you're, you're Gordon Hayward, where you didn't ever really miss any time, and then you almost snap your foot off your body, and all of a sudden, like, your entire everything changes. And now yeah. you become – it takes you years to get back to normal. You're like Mr. Potato Head. Body parts just start falling off. <laughs> what are you doing with the – what's up? I was just about to dive into the Pacers, too. We were going the same direction. We were both trying to turn this back to actual DFS content. Hit it. Yeah, I don't have much to interest here. Uh, DeMontis Sabonis, the only guy that's in double digits in ownership on FanDuel, and I agree with it. He's about a 13% guy for me. Otherwise, if you want to get to a little bit of Jeremy Lamb or Brogdon, uh, it's fine. I just find it unappealing. Brogdon, a little bit more interesting on DraftKings where he's 7,700, but he is the only guy on DraftKings in double digits from Indiana, and I agree with that ownership as well. So I don't have too much to worry about from Indiana. It doesn't everybody's priced where they should be. I can't pay 6,200 on FanDuel for TJ McConnell, no matter what he's doing at this point. So I'm just like largely ignoring Indiana. McConnell's been an interesting player though. Yeah. It's just that. Go ahead. Do you miss him? Um, I don't know. He, he's good, but he, he's okay, but he's more, he's much more of a facilitator and, and an energy guy, but I think I honestly think McConnell helps any team in the NBA. Yeah. You know, I, agree. I think he's a great role player, an undrafted one too. But he has here, here's the thing. Can he continue? He has eleven stocks over his last two games. Eleven. <laughs> you know, does yeah. that continue? it's hard to say. Played 42 minutes last game. That was an OT OT game, I think. Maybe not. I don't know. 
He's playing a lot of minutes, Josh. You're saying that price point is just a little much for you to get there? It was an overtime game, by the way. It was, okay. Um, yeah, uh, for sure. She's just way, way too expensive now. You're, you're paying already for the ceiling. Like on DraftKings, you're going to be looking for 41 and a half fantasy points from TJ McConnell on a 10-game slate. That's That's terrifying. tough. That's yeah. tough. Yeah. You need everything to go right. So are there any priorities for the Pacers? No. Oh, man, they're facing such a bad uh, Minnesota team, too. It's tough. They certainly are. Minnesota on the other side of this one just getting very, very little ownership. All single digits on DraftKings and on FanDuel. Jared Vanderbilt always seems to get a little bit of love. It's it's hard for me to really get behind that. Carl Anthony Towns going vastly overlooked every night. I think if his price continues to come down a little bit, we'll be having a different conversation. But that's not the case today. He played – Vanderbilt played a ton of minutes yesterday. Yeah, he, I know. he played 29 minutes. I had him in for like 24, and I got to a little bit of him on FanDuel at Power Forward. If I put him in for 29 minutes, I probably would have locked him, and he still wasn't any good. Um, I hope everybody listened to me on Anthony Edwards at least. He's a guy that goes completely unowned. He worked out quite well yesterday. Huge. There's no, no ownership coming to any of these guys. And honestly, like I don't really see it. But I do think that some of these guys are like 5% owned when they should be 10% owned. It's the same way we described it yesterday. I would be happy to double up on Malik Beasley. I'd be happy to be doubling up on someone like Anthony Edwards, both sites, FanDuel or DraftKings. I will have some cat at 9,300 on FanDuel. I don't expect much out of it, but it's a kind of a decent spot for him. Uh, I'll probably get back to a little bit of Jared Vanderbilt as a value play, but ultimately Indy and Minnesota, not a place where I'm going to be getting a lot of exposure. You know, it's outrageous. I was seeing tweets from like, three weeks ago of people saying on Twitter, a couple of people that, that, that I follow and that follow me saying that Anthony Edwards is arguably the worst number one overall pick <laughs> in the history of basketball. And he is worse than Anthony Bennett. Now, mind you, Josh, it was a month. Uh -oh. If that into the season on the Minnesota Timberwolves and the guy was playing off the bench on an, with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Awful team. And we're already saying, like, this is, this is, by the way, this is why Twitter can be so frustrating because it's just all about egregious hot takes that when you hit one of them, you know, everything looks great and we forget about all the shitty takes you had. The worst Oh, first overall draft pick in the history of the NBA, one month into his season, into his, into his career playing on the Minnesota Timberwolves. 
it's it would basically be impossible for him to get that at this point in time. Uh, you got to start with yeah. Anthony Bennett, who basically had no NBA career whatsoever, or you go to Michael Olowokandi, who was a negative player for most of his career, but yep. stuck around because he was tall. But no, let's take three weeks of Anthony Edwards yep. and try and quantify that. Yeah, Crazy. look. I'm not a huge Anthony Edwards guy in the long term, Me but uh, he will basically never be the worst first pick. Ever. Exactly. Exactly. That's Markel Fultz. All right. Uh, Denver, Denver Nuggets. I'm joking, but uh, he, he stinks. Denver Nuggets. Where, where would you put Fultz? Would you say he's like a bottom 10 number one overall pick? Uh, we could always revisit this because I know you'll dig in, but. Okay. Would you rather have Fultz's career or Wiggins's career? Uh, <laughs> right. That one gets tricky. I'd probably um, still take Wiggins just because I'm a, a resentful, spiteful asshole. Sure. All right. So Bennett is obviously worse. Everybody else that's been picked, Zion, Aiton, Fultz, Simmons, People Towns. mentioning Greg Oden, but I have such a tough time putting him into no, that conversation. He's good. He was good. He was actually a good player. If you're talking about bust because of injury, sure, but, you know. Yeah, no. Greg Oden is not even remotely close. That dude was legitimately good. He was good yeah. in the NBA, too. He just couldn't, you know, life happened. Uh, Bargnani wasn't as bad as it seems, but... He was uh, not still, good, though. Still in the lower section. Uh, I mean, Ola Candy and Bennett are the worst. Kwame Brown was bad, but not the worst. We didn't really miss back in the day because you got a couple years of these guys, like Shaq, Weber, Glenn Robinson, AI, Tim Duncan. You knew what you were getting in an Elton Brand. Yeah. Most, until we started getting, like, really, truly young guys, it was really hard to mess up the first pick. That's a good point. Yeah, but Fultz... Definitely not one of the best. I'll put it that way. No, no. You know, he's he, one of, look, he's young. Yeah. One of the best one of the best players right now in the league is Nikola Jokic coming off yet another solid game yesterday. Only six rebounds and five assists, but he dropped 43 points on the Celtics in a losing effort. Denver three-point favorites against the Wizards today, 232 and a half total. They're just on all fronts, Josh, this is a sexy matchup for Denver Nuggets and Nikola Jokic. They're facing a Wizards team that's playing almost 105 possessions per 48. Anyone that's wandering, that's an insanely fast pace of play. Their defensive rating is 113.9. That ranks bottom six in the league. I could keep going here, but it's unnecessary to really just shine light on on how great this Washington team is as a DFS matchup for their opponents. We have to start with Jokic. Yeah, three three possessions above their average for this game is as big of a uh, pace-up spot as Denver can find. We have a lot of Q tags here. We don't know if Paul Millsap's going to be playing. We don't know if Monty Morris is going to be playing. Who knows on Gary Harris, Will Barton, P.J. Dozier. Most of those guys probably won't play, but I put Monty Morris in to start. I don't have anybody else in out of that group. Jokic is incredible, dude. Uh, just absolutely incredible. He's 40% owned on FanDuel, 25% owned on DraftKings. I basically agree with it. The, the extremes get a little high, but he's my fa- one of my favorite plays on the slate. I like getting to Jamal Murray. He's already picking up a ton of ownership, although not on DraftKings at 7,100. So I'm even a little bit more interested there. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., going right back to him. He's still 40% owned on FanDuel. Same price as last night. I don't really see a way to go a different direction. He's still, to me, a fantastic play again. 
should look a little bit better against the Wiz. Um, if Monty Morris plays, Composo isn't going to be the same sort of chalk that he was yesterday. Uh, if Monty Morris is out, Composo is the flat minimum on FanDuel, 3,500 on DraftKings. He played like 40 minutes last night, which yes, is insane. Uh, he will be a no-brainer value play that you have to get to if Monty Morris gets ruled Easily out. Easily the top value on the slate, in my opinion. I agree. Uh, Jermichael Green is going to pick up some ownership once again, 4,200 on FanDuel, 4,700 on DraftKings. Uh, he's picking up a lot of ownership on FanDuel. I think that he is over-owned, so that'll probably mean that today is the day he goes nuts. But Jokic, Murray, Porter, I have all three of them in like the 28% range to be in the optimal. Uh, I am very, very heavy on the Denver core because Washington is as good as it gets for our so matchup. Get this, get this, dude. Facundo Campazzo yesterday played 39 and a half minutes. Yeah. Nikola Jokic had eight potential assists. Jamal Murray had 11. Campazzo had 15 potential assists in that game. He essentially doubled up Nikola Jokic in potential. And you're left wondering why nothing happened. It's because they were just standing around watching the game and had to play a little bit of defense. Maybe once in a while they got a spot-up opportunity. But uh, 15 potential assists. And here's the greatest part. Jokic leads the league in touches. He had 111 touches. That's insane. Composo was second with 88 touches in the game yesterday, Josh. That's crazy for a guy coming off the bench, getting 15 potential assists and 88 touches in a single game. How many did Porter Jr. have? 36. God. Even if you gave him one fantasy point per touch, he wasn't even a good play. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> By the way, Jokic, Campazzo, and Murray had 111, 88, and 72. They were the clear trio out there that, that was getting the, the bulk of opportunities. So keep that in mind today if Morris sits. Yeah. If Morris is out, if uh, if Millsap is out, you're going to have it. The, the Nuggets will be the most owned team by a mile, and they might be anyway, even if those guys end up in, because that's how good of a matchup Washington is. Man, I'm loving this. I hope Morris is out. Even though it won't matter because Composite is just going to be so popular, but just seeing those numbers from yesterday, what a great value he is. Yeah, uh, and like he's okay to get to even if Morris is in. <laughs> that's an interesting point. He's yeah. a flat minimum on FanDuel. Like, uh, that's, I'm yeah. willing to take my chances against Washington. Where are we at on the Wizards, Josh? Uh, pretty much nowhere. I have Bradley Beal at 9.8% to be in the optimal on FanDuel. He's at 9% ownership. The next highest number on either site is Beal at 7% on DK. The only double-digit ownership that we see on Washington is 14% on Russell Westbrook on FanDuel at 9,200. I think that's okay. I'm probably a little lighter on him than I should be, but... There's nothing really here from the Wizards that's any good. 750 people watching, 169 likes. Josh, do your magic. All right. We've seen this work before. Might as well go ahead and do it again. <laughs> crunch, crunch. Let's crack the knuckles a little bit. Guys, hit the thumbs up because this is the best show we have. Lofty and I, our our witty banter, it's incredible. It deserves a thumbs up. It doesn't I think cost so. you, it doesn't cost you a cent. We're breaking down 10 games on a monstrous Wednesday slate. It's a gorgeous morning, or at least it was earlier. I have no idea what the weather looks like anymore because blackout curtains in my office and I make it incredibly dark like a cave. But likes help us out a ton. You guys got us to 50,000 subscribers and we couldn't be happier for it. All the way, follow us on Twitter, I believe. That's the one we're trying to get up north of 30K. 30K yeah. At awesome, underscore com. But the likes, that is what keeps me alive. That's what keeps the blood flowing through my body. So hit that <laughs> thumbs up. 
Yeah, we're giving away 30 weekly Awesome Up Plus Platinum Passes once we get to 30K subscribers. It's important to us. You know what else is important? Following Josh and myself as well because it makes us feel yeah. good. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think we put out a, a good show here entirely free and we mix a little bit of analysis with some entertainment and we've been doing it for a while now. It's a lot of fun. And in all seriousness, you guys, not if you weren't watching, this would not be nearly as fun. So yeah. Uh, Makes it a lot better knowing that, that you guys appreciate what we do here. And that is, in turn, appreciated by us. Detroit and Chicago. Let's talk about the Bulls. 20, uh, 220 and a half total. Bulls laying three points at home. And this is not exactly a game that you want to watch. But is it a game that we can find some value in for DFS purposes? Not really on the Chicago side. Uh, I like Levine a little bit. He's only 11% owned on FanDuel, 7 on DraftKings. I'd like to be higher than that, Mark. Uh, Kobe White has been grinding pretty hard. He's another guy that I'd like to have a little bit more of than the field. Patrick Williams is getting a lot of ownership on FanDuel, and I don't agree with it at all. We saw his minutes come down, and he didn't close. Denzel Valentine closed over him, so I'm a little curious where the extra minutes come from. I have him projected pretty lightly in comparison to the rest of the industry today. After that, I have basically zero interest in Chicago. Uh, I just don't think that they look very good today. All right. Both sides, like, is there anything? Anything? No. Oh. Is there anything? I love the Pistons, man. I do. Okay. Okay. So we'll start here. Uh, I like Jeremy Grant. Like I like Jeremy Grant every week. I like him more than the public. I'm going to have more Jeremy Grant. He's 26% owned on FanDuel. I agree with that ownership. He's 12% owned on DraftKings. I'd like a little bit more. But the guy that I want to talk about right now, now that we're not going to have Blake Griffin for the near future, and by the near future, I mean probably ever again on the Pistons. Check out DeLon Wright's rates uh, without Blake on the floor and whoever else is going to be out for the rest of the Pistons today. Um, I have him projected pretty aggressively today. He's at no ownership. He's 7K on FanDuel and 6K on DraftKings. He's 16% owned on DraftKings, but only 2.5 on FanDuel. I have him massively over those, those numbers. If we're looking for a guy to be different on in either FanDuel or DK or even be more aggressive on, DeLon Wright is that guy. He is my favorite play of the day relative to ownership. Fair enough. Okay. Mason Plumlee's played 274 minutes without uh, Blake Griffin on the floor. 1.1 fantasy points per minute. Solid enough numbers if you ask me. Uh, usage is never going to be high, 18%. And I'm not bothering to take Derrick Rose off the floor to run the numbers for Mason Plumlee because for a low usage player who thrives on rebounding, uh, not a huge concern. But I will say Mason Plumlee is one of the more underrated passing big men in the league. Uh, and he is a good passer. Uh, as a matter of fact, he has an assist rate of 25% without Blake Griffin. Those are really good numbers for a big man, Jazz. It's just his price is getting up there now. But I, I tell you, I mentioned the other day that at 6,200, I believed he was very much underpriced. He ended up being scratched from that game. He's, he's more accurately priced now. But those minutes have been absurd. And if he does get back up over 35 minutes a 45 50 fantasy point game for Mason Plumley is not out of the realm of possibility. It's not even that unlikely that he can do it against Chicago. He's fully unowned too. 7,300 on FanDuel, 7,200 yeah. on DraftKings, 0.1% ownership. I have him in the optimal 6% of the time. So I, I actually like getting there even at 7,200 7, as a full contrarian option at center today. It just does a little bit of everything. And I have him projected for 35 fantasy points in 30 minutes. I'm in for some Mason Plumley. Just, you know, 
minimal. We're talking like if you want to get to ten percent, I think sure. that's a fun flyer. I don't think it's I don't think it's crazy either. Remember, if, if he's a one point one fantasy point per minute guy, Derek Rose is gone, who is also a facilitator, and so is Blake Griffin, going to be watching this one from home or from the sidelines. Yeah. Uh, Plumlee actually is a decent enough player for fantasy purposes to to make a decent play tonight. Anything else from sure. this one? I think we covered it pretty in depth. I'm gonna I'm just gonna be pretty heavily concentrated on Delon Wright and Jeremy Grant. So those are your top options from this game, and then some sprinkles yeah. of Mason Plumlee because he's virtually unearned. Yeah. If you want to get to a little bit of speed on DraftKings at 3,200, I think it's fine, but that's not really exciting. All right. Portland and New Orleans. Portland coming roaring back after blowing a huge lead yesterday. They're three-point dogs, 235-and-a-half-point total. Big total here, Josh. Do we – oh, by the way, New Orleans is also on their second of a back-to-back because they played Memphis last night. Zion played 28 minutes in a 31-point win over John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies. Really his best game in a while, man. 31 points, seven rebounds, six assists in only 28 minutes. We're starting to see, don't look now, but we're starting to see a little bit more upside from Zion Williamson. Uh, He also had that game not long ago where he played 21 minutes and I'm 38. So had he played more, you were looking at a monster game. 8,200 though, you know, it starts to get a little bit dicey, but first Damian Lillard, the Portland Trailblazers, do you like them today as much as you did last night? As much as yesterday, no, but still like them a lot. Dame's still one of my favorite plays. 28% likelihood of being in the optimal on FanDuel is going to be one of my more high-owned point guards again today. And I'm still getting to a lot of Portland. Uh, Gary Trent Jr., Mello, Covington, Derek Jones. Like, I want to have a little bit of all of these guys. They're not really picking up as much ownership as I was really expecting outside of Trent. Um, Cantor, to me, coming in a little over-owned. He was a bit of a bust yesterday. I had a lot of him hoping that that doesn't flip today. I could see myself getting a little bit more Cantor as we move on through the day. I was really happy to see Derek Jones Jr. finally do something uh, of value as a value option. The real piece, though, I think we need to we, we need to dig into the Pelicans. I don't have too much else to add on Portland. Uh, it's it's sort of the same stance as before. Play a lot of Lillard. Play a decent amount of Gary Trent. Fill in with the rest of these guys because they just don't have enough bodies. Uh, they're they're wildly uh, unhealthy. Uh, by the way, Dominic Franchillo says thanks for the advice, guys. You guys are great with the super chat. Thanks, brother. The name goes. On the Iverson jersey, I still have a lot of names to put on there. It's going to be filled up by the time I'm done, so we might have to pick another type of jersey to go up there. I don't know. I don't know who goes up there, Josh. Fultz. Yeah, but that was – if I do Wentz? that – Carson Wentz? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll think of something. You guys could give me some suggestions as well because it's by the time I'm done writing these, it's going to be completely full from all the Super Chats – uh, all the support that you guys have given us. All right, let's break down New Orleans then. Zion Williamson, I, I'm st- I see it brewing, Josh. And you know, I, no one's been a bigger DFS detractor from Zion than I have, just given his very limited uh, range of outcomes where I'm never confident that he can really pop off for a huge game. But you know, yesterday, if he played full minutes, could have been even better. And he just shoots at such a high clip. He makes so many of his shots that you know, 14 of 15, 13 of 16, 12 of 18. It's an insane level of efficiency from this guy. If the peripherals start coming even a little bit better than they have been, we're going to be in business. First of all, you have the nerve to say that you are like a detractor of Zion and you qualified it by saying DFS as yeah. if you're not against Zion in all facets of basketball. I'm not. Ugh. 
I'm not, I just don't think he's as good as you do. I don't think the hype was warranted to the extent that it was. Should he be hyped up? Absolutely. Should he have been hyped up as like the next greatest player in an NBA? No, I don't think so. Well, you know, there's plenty of time for you to figure out how to stop being wrong. There's that. Yeah, there's plenty of time for New Orleans to figure out how to start winning basketball games too, but, you know, they haven't gotten on that. Well, you know, that's the rest of the team. That's not Zion's fault. Anyway, oh, right. surely, surely. let's yeah. have this conversation. So Steven Adams left yesterday's game in the third quarter with back tightness. If he plays, you know, you get to a little bit of Zion, you get a little bit of Brandon Ingram, and nothing else really looks all that interesting for the Pelicans. But if Steven Adams ends up out, $3,900 Willie Hernan Gomez on FanDuel, $3,800 on DraftKings is going to become one of the more popular value plays on the slate. What I really want to point out is this. Let's just say, for example, Steven Adams ends up being out and Willie Hernan Gomez is the starting center for this team. I think it'd be pretty interesting to see what we see of Zion at the five against Portland because their backup center is Robert Covington. And I think that matchup looks pretty good. I don't think that they would have to go to Jackson Hayes for all that many minutes in the backup situation when Cantor is out there and he, not like Zion can't hang with Cantor regardless, but in the minutes where Cantor is not at center, they don't have Harry Giles right now. It's going to be Robert Covington or Mello or Derek Jones. One of these guys is going to be the nominal center for the team. Zion at the five in that situation, when you can bring another shooter on, I think could be really, really lethal in a pick and roll combination against Portland. So I'm keeping my eye on that. Willie Hernan Gomez is going to get a lot of the love just because he's going to see a big minutes increase if Adams is out. But I think that really changes the outlook for Zion as a small ball five. I think you could absolutely be right. Um, I also would still like Willie Hernan Gomez at his price. 100%. Yeah, he's okay. going to become one of the most popular value plays on the slate. I think it gives a sneaky bump to Zion that most people won't think of because I don't think that they'll have to go to another traditional center. I totally agree with that. I think, you know, both of them can be really solid plays. You know as well as I do, value centers make for the best value out there because you're around the rim, you can rebound, you can clean up around the rim. There's just so many easy ways to produce, even if you're not particularly good. Hernan Gomez is a plus one fantasy point per minute guy this season. Uh, in that last game, Adams missed. He played 29 minutes, had uh, a 13-11 double-double. And he's actually had, even with Adams in, some pretty decent games with some decent playing time lately. Uh, Hernan Gomez would become fantastic, but you're right. Who does, so how about this? If you if you look at this team, you look at who they have on the bench. Nicola Melli only played yesterday in blowout run to close this game out in the final couple of minutes. Jackson Hayes played a few minutes in this game and then closed it out with three minutes towards the end. Could we see a scenario, kind of what you're talking about, where Hernan Gomez starts, but Zion actually gets most of the backup minutes? I think it's I it's what I would do. <laughs> at the very least, I don't know how much they'll want to put Jackson Hayes out on the floor because they tend to give him run when I don't think that they should, just because I don't think that he's very good. But I think that they're uniquely set up to have Zion out there against no center. I mean, like, Robert Covington cannot guard Zion Williamson if he catches the ball anywhere remotely oh. close to the post. They, they don't have a guy that can slow him down. He's too big and too fast. It's funny, Covington was doing this thing against Embiid that I actually had a lot of respect for. He got switched on to Embiid, and Embiid was trying to position himself in the post. He didn't have the ball. He was trying to get there. And Covington, as Embiid would go back, would jump out of the way, and Embiid would almost fall over. 
Like that was his only way of doing it is to just keep him off balance, right? So he feels yeah. him. He's got his hand on his back, feels the pressure, and then moves out of the way. And yeah. Embiid has to reset. It's the only thing you do. But it's a really smart basketball play. Absolutely. So uh, I get yeah, long, close out long and short of it. You're playing a ton of Willie Hernan Gomez if Steven Adams is out. If Steven Adams is just in, play some Zion, play some Brandon Ingram, but nothing looks all that special from New Orleans. All right. OKC in Memphis. We got three to go here. And uh, we're going a little bit long, but we got like 900 people watching right now. So 10 games, man, you have to. I know. Thank God we didn't have 13. Yeah. John B. Exactly. He pulled, he was pulling the chair out from under him and it was, uh, it was impressive stuff. The thunder, like I said, no team is as impressive in a losing fashion as the Oklahoma city thunder. Now they travel playing on the road against Memphis second of a back-to-back after somehow blowing that game after somehow erasing the deficit as well. I don't know what to make of them, Josh. What I do know is SGA has not yet been ruled out. I don't think from what I've seen, I don't think he's going to play, but I don't think we're not going to have any news on them for a while. I don't know when that news will come out because of the back-to-back no shoot around. uh, They're not on the injury report. So this is going to be a full question mark. Yep. Well, with that in mind, what are your thoughts initially here? And of course, watch the deeper dive tonight. Watch live before lock. Watch the tip-off show. We got you covered three straight hours of DFS programming leading up to lock. And we cover all of the news, any breaking information throughout the day. So I projected Oklahoma City the exact same way that they played yesterday. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Uh, if SGA is back, all of this gets thrown in the garbage. Um, Dort is chalky on FanDuel. He should be. I agree with it. I always do. Baisley's in double digits as well. I agree with it. That's fine. Uh, I don't have as much love for Al Horford at 6,907K because if Teo Maladon is there, he's not. Horford is not the distributor that he is when they don't have an actual point guard. All that Horford love goes away. That said, no one on Oklahoma City is in double digits in ownership. So, Lou Dort at 5,600, I think is significantly better than what his ownership shows. I'd be happy to get to at least a little bit of Baisley, but really, I'm not all that fond of Oklahoma City now if Maladon is back. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Yesterday morning, you were very fond of them under the assumption that Teo Maladon was not going to play. Correct. It's tough. What about Memphis playing second of a back-to-back here? A lot of teams are playing back-to-backs recently, like a lot, given the shortened season, the COVID, the restricted travel or reduced travel. So it's not a big surprise that so many of them are today, but Memphis is yet another one coming off a really ugly home loss to the Pels. Yeah, not much here for me. I don't have anybody uh, in double digits of being in the optimal on either FanDuel or DraftKings. 
Joe Val is at 12% ownership on DraftKings. I think that's fine. John Morant is at 11% ownership on FanDuel. I think that's fine. Memphis is mostly a stay away. I, I just don't see a lot here on the Grizzlies side. Wasn't a big fan of the chalk on Morant last night. Uh, doesn't seem like anybody's really picking up any legitimate ownership. And I don't think that anybody stands out. So if you get to John Moran or Joe Val, those are the only two guys that I really care about. Yeah, Maybe I don't a little Dylan Brooks. I don't hate Moran at pretty negligible ownership. 7,100 on FanDuel is pretty cheap. 7,400 on DraftKings. It's pretty affordable. He's not, I'd say he's not overpriced, but he's also not a great value either. He's just, like you said, if you get him, you're not going to actively try and get him out of your lineups either. Right. Like he's my seventh ranked point guard on FanDuel, but MCW, Morant, Brogdon, Trey Young, Monty Morris, Kobe White, David Nawaba are all basically the same guy relative to salary. It's just, he's not a priority. Yep. If you guys want some free content today, our ownership is free for NBA. So follow along with the shows. Check it out if you haven't done so yet. We already told you, go to awesome.com slash join uh, to, to get a subscription, to sign up, become part of the community, uh, and, and start using these tools to really fine-tune your game. But the PGA Pro Plays, the NHL Top Stacks tool, and the NBA Ownership Projections are free today. These are some of the best tools we have uh, that are free today, so be sure to check them out. Uh, and we do some free stuff every day. We rotate it. So be sure to, to, to pay attention to that. And also, Josh, before we close this out, we're almost there. We need to talk about. I, I missed something before, and it's sort of coming up in chat. And I don't. I want to make sure that I don't miss it. I'm go sorry ahead, to interrupt your read. You're it's good. not out of the realm of possibility that Al Horford sits on the back-to-back. He did sit the previous back-to-back. If that happens, I think Isaiah Roby and or Mike Muscala are going to be very, very necessary just because of how many guys are in for Oklahoma City. I didn't want to miss that because I think that's a really big piece that people should be paying attention to. Okay, fair enough. No House Advantage is the sponsor of the NBA Strategy Show, and you've got a ton of reason to sign up over there. The two biggest reasons, you've heard me say it before, I'll say it again. One, you get a $20 deposit uh, match on your first deposit, up to $20, and just by using the promo code AWESEMO, A-W-E-S-E-M-O. Second, where else are you going to have a site where we provide free ownership projections, the free optimal lineups tool to use freely for the entire season without having to pay a dime to play there. So it's a player prop, peer-to-peer player prop platform in a contest form. So you're putting the ones you like the best at the top, they get the most points. Essentially you're filling out a con- uh, like a lineup, but with player props. And it's in contest form, peer-to-peer, you're not playing against the house. But like I said, all of the projections we have are, are free, uh, which is awesome. You can project what we have for each prop against where they're listed at No House Advantage. And the optimal uh, lineups tool is free. And you get $20, up to $20 by using the promo code AWESOMO. Check it out. I mean, you're getting free money and you're getting an edge because a lot of people playing there have no idea that AWESOMO ownership projections exist and are free, but you do. So why not jump in now, win some money over there? You're not getting the same contest as DraftKings and FanDuel, of course, but you're really putting yourself in a position to build a legitimate bankroll and do it over there at no house advantage. Use that promo code. Awesome. Use all of our free tools under the NBA tab at awesome. and start winning over there today. Win big with player props and no house advantage. All right. Miami and golden state. Let's give some credit to Jimmy Butler, man. This kid is filthy coming off another triple double. He's not a kid anymore, right? He's probably my age. He's almost as good as Chris Middleton too. That's silly. That's just silly. I, I'd put, I'd say Jimmy Butler. Would you say Jimmy Butler's a top 15 player? No. Really? 
I no. Wow. Would you put him in the top 20? Probably play right around there, yeah. Do you think top Middleton's 50, a top 15 player? I mean, he's slightly closer. I, oh. Look, I want to say that these guys are like neck and neck to each other. Okay. We got to do this now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start naming guys that I would say that are no-brainers ahead of Jimmy Butler. Okay? All right, and if you're in chat, let us know what you think too. This isn't fun unless we get a little bit of interaction going here. If you're watching Great. afterwards, comment in the comment section. I read, and I know Josh says, we read all of these comments as well. So I never miss them. Go ahead, and then we'll close this out. Nikola Jokic. Wait, what, in the top 15? I, I'm going I'm to name everybody that I think is definitely ahead of Jimmy Butler. Okay, just give ahead. me a nod or a yeah if you're yeah, right. yeah, yeah, Nikola Jokic, LeBron yeah, James. Yes, of course. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Eh, yes, of course. Kawhi Leonard. Yes. I said, uh, did I say Luka? No. Luka. Um, I don't know. Is he, though, in terms of winning? I'll say me, yes. Just yes. For the, I'll say yes for the sake of argument, but I think that's – He's been gonna, insane this year offensively. Okay, go ahead. I would rather have Rudy Gobert. Okay, no, not for That's me. A, that is a very different style of player. I could hear arguments on that one. Steph okay. Curry. Yes. Joel Embiid. Yes, for sure. An- he's- Anthony Davis. Yes. Damian Lillard. Uh, I'll say yes, but I think there's an argument to be made there just in terms of win pers- of their ability to make teams win. James Harden. Sure. That's 10 right there, right? Yeah. Okay. Then we start getting into trickier spots. Kevin Durant is now healthy. Kevin Durant oh, is Kevin better Durant's than ahead Butler. of, of course. Kevin Durant, yes, of course. Okay. This is where it starts to get weird. Paul George. I would take Jimmy over Paul George. I would. Oof. I would. I would. See, this is another one where I think it's very specific to the situation. Because I don't think that there's a scenario where the Clippers would want to flip-flop those two guys. But I think that Jimmy Butler is better on the heat than Paul George would be. Yeah, me too. I think Jimmy Butler is an overall uh, a more – I think – see, I'm talking about like sometimes it's when we talk DFS, and I know you don't do this, but it's so hard to get convoluted and, and confuse DFS with actual value. And while DFS, Jimmy's a good performer, I just think – Jimmy Butler is the type of player that is the reason Miami was in the finals last year and ran through some really good teams in the East. So people mention Carl Anthony Towns. I'm taking Jimmy Butler over Towns every single day of the week. I agree. Okay. I would also take Jimmy Butler ahead of Carl Anthony Towns. And like Devin Booker, uh, Kenny mentioned Devin Booker. Keep throwing these names. Uh, I would take Jimmy Butler over Booker. Booker's a phenomenal scorer. He's awesome. But yeah. nothing he's done has contributed to winning at all until this season. He's great. I love him. But I think Jimmy Butler, as a two-way player, is a more valuable player. So I would take Jimmy over Booker. I would take him over Booker as well. Jason Tatum. They're similar players to me. Um, one of them can shoot and the other one can't. But I just but mean in I terms agree, of like two, two-way production. Two-way. Huh. What's up? I think that's a comp. Like I, yeah. I think that they are close. Yeah, that's a fair comp. I would take either. Like if you, I don't have a good argument for either. I think both Kyrie, of them are, Kyrie Irving. I would want Butler over Irving. Irving, greatest handles in the game, great shooter, 
absolute massive liability defensively, and it has yeah. shown its ugly head or reared its ugly head this season, and we've seen it in Brooklyn. I think that's I, a good argument to make. I'm with you. This, this one's going to be really weird. Chris Paul. This iteration of Chris Paul where he's set right now, I would want Butler over him. But Chris Paul is, is criminally underrated at this stage of his career. Bradley Beal. Jimmy. But that that's tough, right? That's a really yeah. tough one. That's I think tough. that there are 10 that are clearly above him. And that next group of 10 to 15, you can reorder really, really easily. Right. Where but you my 11th make- guy is your 25th guy. Sure. But you could also make a really good argument that Butler's in the top 15. Yeah, I don't think it's crazy. I just think it gets pretty gray there. Like, what about Clay Thompson? I, I would trade Clay Thompson right now for Blake Griffin if I could. Wait, what? I would, if I were the Golden State Warriors, I would trade Clay Thompson for Blake Griffin and get out of that deal if I could. So, you are not a Clay Thompson guy. I was, but uh, he has, he's not going to play for two plus years tearing Achilles and an ACL. Like that guy's not going to be the same guy when he gets back. Okay. All right. We didn't even get into some of the weird ones like Zion, Ben Simmons, CJ McCollum, Fred well, Van Vliet. Butler over McCollum, easy. Butler over Van Vliet. I love what Van Vliet's doing. Um, a lot more aggressive this season. And he's he's becoming like a stone cold killer offensively. But I just, I, I would take Butler over all them. Yeah. Uh, look. I don't want it to seem like I don't think Jimmy Butler is good on a per minute basis. He's been like one of the top 10 players in the league this year. Let's not forget Jimmy Butler misses a lot of time. No, he doesn't. He was out. He's played 449 minutes this year. That's half of the amount of minutes that LeBron James has played. COVID, bro. Come on. That's not fair. That is not all that Jimmy Butler misses, man. (sighs) All right. Jimmy Butler played has never hasn't played 70 games in a season since 2016. He's played 15 games this year. Yeah, but he was bro, he had covid. Yeah, sure, whatever. He had covid. I don't know. I think Jimmy Butler is is just spectacular when you actually look at his overall contributions to the game. And now recently he's been a a killer on the stat sheet as well. He just does everything. Plus I like Jimmy Butler. I'm a fan. I love this iteration of Butler on Miami. I think this is the perfect fit. This will maximize everything that you can get out of Jimmy Butler. He's got the best haircut in basketball too, man. He's a sharp looking fella. I don't even know them. I don't even know. Really? (laughs) I have like no concept. Miami and Golden State. That was fun. By the way, people think that I'm, I'm making this like Clay Thompson, Blake Griffin trade because I think like Blake is good or something. Clay Thompson's been hurt for two years and has a terrible contract. He's going to make like $40 million in three years. I'm just trying to get the hell out of that contract. Your argument is that you have no idea which Clay Thompson you're getting on the other end of this injury. Yeah, I don't need yeah. to find out. I don't need $40 million Clay Thompson in 2024. That's a bad deal. Although I would not want Blake Griffin anywhere near my team. Do you no. think Blake... His deal expires next year. That's just an expiring contract. Save some scratch in the long term. Do you think Blake... You know, the more I think about it, because I was saying Blake Griffin was washed, and, and I've watched him, and, and it's been there has been some really, really ugly play. I'm beginning more so to think that he just 
like is intentionally playing himself out of Detroit. And I actually hate that mentality. I think that's bullshit that if you're getting paid by a team, you should actually play and not, you know, I'm, I'm not saying maybe I shouldn't be attributing motive to it, but it felt like it at times that he just, and then you see this, that he doesn't want to play anymore that he wants out. It's kind of weird to me. I guess he wants to win a finals. He wants to be on a competitor, but if he goes to another team and starts playing really well, what's that say about his character? I don't know. I, I really liked what Draymond had to say about this with regards to Andre Drummond. I don't really know what to make of it. If I'm, if I'm Blake Griffin, look, he, he didn't want to be in Detroit. He signed a contract with the Clippers and they told him that he was going to be the future of the franchise for the next five plus years. And they traded him within six months. So there's not like, I see both sides of it. Yeah, I guess so. Just bothers me in the event that he actually isn't washed is what I mean. So what are you doing with Jimmy Butler today? I mean, I'm not playing that bum. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, I think he's fine. I I think most of Miami is just sort of meh. Bam, Butler, and Hero are the only three guys that I would really be looking at. Everybody's around 10% ownership, and that's where I have them. So Bam would be my favorite option, 9,100 on FanDuel, 8,600 on DK. I I thought that the pace-up spot against Golden State would be helpful, but I think that these guys are sort of just priced where they need to be. There hasn't been much change in their rotations as of late. Okay. Anybody else from Miami then? I mean, I guess maybe a little bit more of Tyler Hero. Like Kendrick Nunn for 5,100 on FanDuel is interesting if those minutes still stay in the high 30s, but he lost a little bit in the last game. On the other side, you've got Golden State. They're at home laying what? Was it one point here? Is that right? Is that what that's what I put in the run sheet? Did I do that right? I have Did Miami I, by one and a half. Whew. You, have a, you have Miami by one and a half? I did. Okay. I'm looking at Golden State by a point. It doesn't matter. I just that interesting. Okay, so Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry. Um what do we do with him out of the gate? Golden State by one now. Yeah, that's what I these lines at five thirty in the morning. <laughs> no ownership at all going to Golden State. I mean at all. Nor should it. If you want to get to a little bit of Ubre or Wiggins, I think it's fine. Uh, Clay, uh, Steph's price went up. He's 10K on FanDuel, 10.5 on DraftKings. Um, I don't think that anybody should be owned. I think Golden State looks terrible here. All right. Simple enough to me. Yeah. And when you have a 10 game slate and some real, like when you have Nikola Jokic at 10.8 or Steph Curry at 10.5, one of them facing Washington, one of them facing Miami, it's as easy a decision as you can make. It isn't to say that Curry can't just pop off for monster games, but it's hard not to like a few guys ahead of him today. Utah and the Clippers, we close it out here, Josh. Utah laying four and a half on the road, 226 and a half total. They are playing spectacular basketball lately. And from Jordan Clarkson as the clear six man to the solid defense, despite not being able to stop Ben Simmons. I think that's more a testament to Simmons than it is an indictment on Utah. But what are we doing with the Jazz uh, against the Clippers today on the road? Well, if Mike Conley is back, you're playing no one. I think that's a pretty easy way to describe it. And if Mike Conley's not back, you're really not playing anyone either. Uh, I have no interest in Utah. These guys are always priced exactly where they should be. They're priced worse if Mike Conley happens to be in. But otherwise, their rotations don't change. They're the easiest team in the league to project. And to me, they are like fantasy irrelevant today. Okay. Well, that is uh, easy enough, right? Yeah, Harden did the same thing, Cody mentioned. Harden did the same thing about not wanting to play and clearly wasn't playing to his full potential. And I agree with him. No, no, you can't do that. Did you listen to Draymond talk about it? What did Dre say? 
Well, he's talking about how teams can just, you know, randomly trade you whenever you can, they can come out and say that the team is trying to trade you. Andre Drummond's not requesting a trade. Cleveland is trying to trade Andre Drummond, but they're going to put him on ice, not let him play, but he still has to show up and be ready or be ready to be traded. But if he comes out and says that he wants to be traded, he can get fined for that stuff. The Pelicans got fined a hundred grand or whatever for Anthony Davis when uh, they were talking about trying to trade him. It's, it's a just point. a murky situation where like the team can do it, but the player can't. You're and right. I think that's really weird. That's totally fair point. I guess, I guess sometimes it's just the perception of like, Oh, okay. This guy's dogging it out there. You know what it is more for me though. It, you look at how, like what the team can do that the player can't do. Sure. But in Harden's case, there were players, there were teammates that didn't like what he was doing. And that, yeah. that kind of in light, that was a little bit illuminating, I think. What yeah, about the look, I mean, Harden was basically the GM and kind of did most of this. So yeah, I, I get, I get both sides of it. And that's, I think that's a pretty reasonable point. I'm not a pretty reasonable stance. There are both sides is the point. Yeah. Paul George is out with that toe. Kawhi Leonard is questionable. Nicholas Batum is also out set to miss his second straight game here against the jazz. So that uh, opens things up a little bit. Do we go to Lou whose price point is coming? I, I, the, the honest to God truth, Josh, is this Utah Jazz defense is is good. And if Kawhi Leonard sits, what does that do? Like, does that force us now to make decisions that we'd really like to not have to make? And do we just want Kawhi to be in so we can avoid this situation altogether? I have Kawhi in and I wouldn't play a single person from the Clippers. This game is the worst game on the slate. If Kawhi ends up out, minutes are going to get moved around and we're going to find a little bit of value. But just the style of this game the the pace of this game the price tags on most of these guys i it wouldn't shock me if i had literally none of it if if Kawhi played okay what if Kawhi doesn't play oh god okay so if Kawhi doesn't play you have to pay at least a little bit of attention to marcus morris 5300 on fanduel 5700 on draftkings I don't know, Amir Coffee. <laughs> like, uh, even if he doesn't play, I don't know where the value really comes from. Lou Will is expensive now. He's 6,700 on FanDuel and 6,900 on DraftKings for a score-only guy. It's hard for him to hit his ceiling. Much, it's, he has to do it all from scoring. That, that makes it so difficult. Like, maybe a little bit assists. of Serge Ibaka. He had 10 assists in back-to-back games, but my problem with Lou is you can't use the argument, oh, well, look what Simmons did to Utah last game because Simmons – is a 6'11 guard that can barrel himself to the basket. Lou Williams doesn't have that luxury. The the Jazz have very good on-ball defense, and I worry that if they smother him at the perimeter, he's going to have a very tough night shooting. Wouldn't shock me. I mean, Utah's defense obviously going to be fantastic, and little-ass Lou getting into the paint on uh, uh, Rudy oh, Gobert, yeah. not, not going to be great for him either. This is a really tough matchup for Lou just against Utah and as a team especially when if Kawhi is not there and they can focus on him that's problematic I'd rather just ignore this entire game it's bad sounds good to me we've done it we're there 10 up 10 down the fun show though very fun show that felt like an old one that felt that felt that would that had a vintage feel to it didn't it 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 really did appreciate you guys hanging out again leave comments in the chat tell us why you disagree with Josh on I don't know everything take your pick take your pick yeah jordan klein producing the show 
Appreciate you. You guys have a good one. We'll see you back here later. Hit that thumbs up before you head out and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so yet. Remember, watch Josh's process show, 6.30, Monday through Friday, and his free short-form contenders videos. We have the Deeper Dive, the Tip-Off Show, Live Before Lock, the Late Slate Show coming up. Everything right here. No place better to be for your DFS and betting content than the awesome O YouTube channel. Good luck today, guys. We'll see you soon. <laughs> oh, so much fun. Blast. I love it.